I've been hanging around Christmas for a long time. I'm never center stage, but I'm always somewhere at the nativity. Often seen, but seldom ever heard. And in fact, you probably don't know me very well. I thought you might want to hear the story from my perspective this year. Oh, you never grow tired of that story, do you? A story of love, a story of hope, a story of salvation, a story of joy, a story of angelic messengers. Well, sometimes I kind of feel like the father of the bride at the wedding. Nobody ever notices him, but he has to pay for the whole affair. I'm glad you love Christmas, but it really did cost me a lot. Let me tell you a little about myself. My name is Joseph. My claim to fame is that I am a descendant of David. Oh, by the time I was born, David had been gone for a thousand years, and by the time I arrived, there were hundreds, even thousands, descendants of David. But, but I was still proud of that, much like you might be proud of tracing your family's tree back to a hero from the Alamo or 15 or 16 generations, all the way back to someone who came over on the, the Mayflower. I was Joseph, son of David a descendant of Israel's greatest king. Oh, by the time I came along a thousand years later, the glory days of David were long gone, and God's people didn't even dare dream dreams anymore. It all passed the glory of David. Well, like David, I'm from the town of Bethlehem. It's just a a small town about seven miles south of the capital city of Jerusalem. Now, given my trade, I had to go wherever the work was. I I couldn't always stay in Bethlehem. And one time I traveled up north around the Sea of Galilee to a little town by the name of Nazareth. Now, I was really surprised to learn that any of you had ever, ever even heard of the name of Nazareth. It used to be the butt of jokes. My, my countrymen would say, Nazareth is so small, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And I thought, it's so small, can anything good or bad come out of Nazareth? But I had to follow the work. And small as it was, you could find work in Nazareth. I'm a carpenter. I'm practical. I'm not a poet, I'm not a philosopher, I'm not a prophet, I'm a carpenter. I like things that I can handle and measure and cut and saw. I like wood. There's an essence to wood. Why, some wood is as solid as a rock and and other wood is as pliable to clay. There's a, a spirit to wood, cedar, pine, and oak. Now, I don't believe it for one minute. Shame on you if it's true. I have been told, I dare not believe it, I have been told that some of you have wood, you have doors in your house that are hollow on the inside. Shame on you. 
I like wood that's wood all the way through. I like integrity in wood. And I like integrity in people, too. Being a, a carpenter, I didn't make very much. And sometimes it's hard on a man's ego when he can't give his family everything that he wants to give them. And, well, it came up. And I'll tell you a little bit more about it in a minute. But it, it came up during 40 days after the birth, the dedication of the mother. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'll tell you in a minute. But the law was that you had to sacrifice a lamb and a turtle dove. But I couldn't afford a lamb. And so there was a provision for the poor that you could simply sacrifice two turtle doves. And that's what I did. But I, I have fond memories of, of Nazareth. It was there that I first met my Mary. She was about 15 years of age when she caught my eye. And it wasn't long until we were betrothed. Being betrothed is something like you're being engaged, only it's more serious, if anything could be more serious. And it lasted a little bit longer. It was during that time that the families got to know each other and the dowry was negotiated and set. And they would search the temple records while in a country as compact as ours, you could marry your cousin and not even know it. So they had to search and make sure that it was okay to wed the person to whom you were betrothed. And, well, my Mary, she was the perfect combination of a girl and a woman. As a girl, there were times that she would laugh and throw her head back and her eyes would dance with joy. As a woman, she was as solid as the pillars of the temple. Now, I, I told you I'm not a philosopher, but Mary was. Mary pondered things. Sometimes she put her thoughts to music, and some of her songs were absolutely magnificent. It was during those days I just started dreaming. I didn't have much money, but I could build. I could build. I could do anything. I could lay stones. I could, I could do anything. I dreamt of the house that I would build for Mary, modest, but I would take pride in it. And the little children we'd have that would be running around, I, I dreamt in those days the betrothal about what it would be like to be married to my Mary. But it doesn't take long for a dream to become a nightmare. Mary started acting strange, withdrawn like a turtle, going back in the shell, and she wouldn't talk to me as much, and I could tell she just wasn't open with me anymore, and I began to wonder what is wrong with my Mary, and I was called away to a job at Capernaum, and while I was there, I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep. All I could think about was what was wrong with my Mary? Had I done something to offend her? Were her parents pushing her to wed someone that could provide more than a, a simple carpenter? Had they found something in the temple records that said, we couldn't be wed. I didn't know. And when I got back to Nazareth, I went, I said, Mary, something is wrong. You're going to tell me what's wrong, and you're going to tell me right now. Pregnant? Pregnant? 
of all the things I ever expected my Mary to say, I, for the life of me, I'd imagined everything that any man could imagine, and I never imagined that she would say that she was pregnant. I knew that I had not, I swear to you, I had not been with her. And if not me, then who and why? Mary, we had hopes, we had dreams, we had a future. My Mary, why Mary? I'm just a carpenter, but I do try to be a righteous man. Try to follow the law and keep the scripture. And if Mary and I were betrothed, you know who they thought was going to be the father. So I made up my mind right then and there that I was going to take Mary, drag her to the city gates right before the city fathers, and I was going to declare my innocence and dare Mary to say otherwise. But after my original anger subsided, I decided that I would just dissolve the relationship privately and try to make up some excuse. Mary had to go to Hebron to be with her cousin Elizabeth and her husband Zachariah. I mean, you know those times when young ladies have to go away for about nine months. If she had stayed in Nazareth and we were not even any longer betrothed, can you imagine the gossip, the wagging of the tongues? Mary, it, she could have never done that. And so she went to see and be with Elizabeth, her cousin, and, and Zachariah. And here's the thing. Elizabeth believed her. When Mary was approaching Elizabeth, Elizabeth said, Blessed are you among women, for you are the mother of my Lord. I hadn't slept in days. I still love Mary, but I couldn't take her to be my wife. No way. Not now. Couldn't trust her. It's during one of those sleepless nights. You have them. You don't know if you're awake or you're asleep. You're somewhere in between. It's during one of those nights that I, I saw an angel of the Lord, and the angel said, Fear not, Joseph, son of David, to take Mary as your wife, for that which is within her is of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, she's going to bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus, for he will save the people from their sin. I awakened. It would have been a dream. It was an angel. Mary had been telling the truth all along. As I rushed down to Hebron and I apologized to Elizabeth and Zechariah for not believing Mary. And I took Mary back to Nazareth and we were wed as soon as possible. But I swear to you, until after the birth of that baby, I never touched her. I never did. And I apologized to Mary and I said, Mary, I'm so sorry. You tried to tell me. I mean, I. She said that which was within her was of the Holy Spirit. It was like a slap in the face. But, but now I knew she was telling the truth, and Mary said, that's okay. Sometimes she had a hard time believing it herself. 
boy, was I naive. But I, I used to think if God was in something, if he had been planning this for centuries, if God was the author of all of this, as the angel had said, then it would be easy and smooth, right? What I have learned is what life teaches you. That God isn't found in the easy. God is found in suffering and pain. About that time, there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. Now, I'm told in your day that the census taker comes to you. It never it never crossed his mind that Caesar ought to come to me, Joseph, son of David, and visit me for the census. No, all the males had to go back to the town of their birth. And so I had to go back to the town of David. I had to go back to Bethlehem for the tax count. But I had a problem. We, by now, we were just days away. So it seemed. And do I take Mary? Do I leave Mary? If I leave Mary and she delivers the holy child, then can you imagine the caustic gossip, the raised eyebrows? Mary didn't want to stay back by herself, but it was three days' journey on the back of a donkey, and Mary said she wanted to go. Whatever we might face along the way, well, surely it would be better than leaving her behind. And so I put Mary on the back of a donkey, and for three days we traveled from Nazareth Bethlehem. Besides, Mary, when we get there, I got family in Bethlehem. When we arrived, we knocked on the door and told them we were here and we need a, a place to bed down. And they said, sorry, all the, the space is taken. Oh, don't you worry about us. I said, we'll just make a pallet on the floor. That's the way we sleep now. Not a big deal to us that all the beds are taken. No, Joseph, you're not getting it. It's census time, and everybody's beating you here, and the beds are taken, the floor space is taken, the roof is taken, everything is gone, Joseph. There is no room. I said, but we're family. And they said, Joseph, everybody in the house is family. It's census. Everybody comes back to their own city. Go down to the inn. I went to inn after inn. There really weren't that many, and no room, no room. And finally, I found a little cave. The edge of town. And then he came. I didn't know what to do. I'm a carpenter. I severed the umbilical cord as best I could and Cleaned up baby Jesus. So much filth from the animals on the floor. I, I found the, the cattle's feeding trough and I, I put fresh hay in it. I put the baby in there so Mary could rest. But I wondered. I mean, sometimes I've wondered, had I wanted to wed Mary so much that I kind of made the angel in my dream? 
If God really was in all of this, how do you explain a cave? How do you explain the filth of animal on the floor? If this, the Son of God. We're lonely. I mean, we really are flesh, Mary and I. We're not the stone or the wood in your nativity scene. We felt the loneliness. Nobody came from Rome and no one came from Jerusalem. No one even came from Bethlehem. We were all alone, Mary and I. How could this be the Son of God in a place like this? Well, there, there were a few visitors now that I think about it. Country bumpkin shepherds with the smell of wineskins around their neck. They'd seen a light. An angel. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all people everywhere. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in scrap cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly with that angel, a whole angelic choir, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. I told you I'd tell you some more about the purification. Forty days passed and we made our way to the temple for the purification of Mary and baby Jesus. Now, mind you that babies are dedicated in the temple every day. But there was an old man there by the name of Simeon, and there must have been the mystery of Messiah in the air. When Mary walked up with baby Jesus, the old man just took Jesus out of her arms. Now, you know how first-time mothers are. Just took that baby right out of her arms and held that baby up and said, Yahweh, I am ready to die, for my eyes have seen your salvation. How did he know? Who told him? How could he possibly know about the special nature of our boy's birth? You could see it on his face. He was more sure than I was. And there was an old woman that stayed in the temple. Her name was Anna. She was 84 years of age, to be exact. And when she saw Jesus, she just started rejoicing and thanking God. After the hubbub of the census had died down, I decided we weren't going back to Nazareth with all that gossip. We were going to do the best we could right here. In Bethlehem. Besides, I had family. They needed a carpenter. They had friends. Their friends needed a carpenter. And so I just did the best I could, picking up odd jobs. 
months and months and months passed, and all of a sudden we had these astrologers from Iran, these visitors, these kings, these wise men. They came bearing these wonderful gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. When you read about that in the Bible, it sounds neat and all, but when your little baby is in this little rent house and the kings are bowing a knee and handing over the gold, it's just a strange thing is all I know to tell you. But I always saw those gifts as a provision from God. Angel number two, another dream. The wise men had told Herod they were looking for the new king. Wrong thing to tell Herod. He was going to slaughter all the baby boys in the environs of Bethlehem. Get out, get out now, the angel said. And we left by night. We escaped. The angel said, go to Egypt. You know, the prophet said, out of Egypt I will call my son. They didn't have room or time or work for a Jewish carpenter, a poor guy in, in Egypt. And so well, those, that gold, the, the, the ointment, the perfume, we would have never made it through those two years in Egypt without those gifts from the kings. And then yet a third angel said in another dream, it's time to go back. Time to go back to God's country. Oh, I thought we'll go back to Bethlehem. Herod had died. It would be all safe. But the angel said, no, there's still political unrest. And he's the creator of the cosmos. And of all the places, you know where he sent Mary and I with this baby? He sent us back to Nazareth where there was all the gossip and all the wagging tongues. There were times when I was young, I, I thought if I ever saw an angel like the the forefathers that I would never doubt again. But I had seen three angels and I still struggled. He just, he just wasn't all that different. He suckled Mary's breast. And you have that song the little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. He cried. <laughs> Colic kept me up half the night. When he came to the table with his brothers and sisters, he didn't do any miracles at the table. And he ran through the streets of Bethlehem playing hide and seek, and he, he tripped. He bled. human blood. Night, he starts sucking his thumb and gets sleepy. I told him the stories of the patriarchs like my father before had told me. He falls asleep in my arms. And I carry him to his palate and tuck him in with the stories of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. When he was about 12 years of age, 
went up to Jerusalem for the festival. Now, you know everybody goes, right? Hundreds, thousands, ten thousands, hundred thousands, everybody goes to Jerusalem. We get up there, we celebrate the festival. We're heading home. We're a day's way from Jerusalem. And Mary, she's back there with the women. I'm up there with the men. We're talking. Everybody's doing their thing. The kids, the cousins are all running around. And Mary says, uh, Joseph, where's Jesus? It, you know, wives use that accusatory tone. I don't have Jesus. Jesus is with you. No, Joseph, back there, when we left Jerusalem, I said, do you have Jesus? And you nodded your head. You guys know what I'm talking about. I don't remember her saying that. I don't remember nodding my head. We were now a day's journey away. We had a day's journey back. We were frantic all the way. We entered the temple precincts, and there he is talking with the religious authorities. And I say, Jesus, do you realize what you have done to your mother? And he says, didn't you know I would be about my father's business? Sounds good in Sunday school. That doesn't sound good when you've worried two days' journey to find him. Sometimes I have my doubts. I couldn't share my doubts with Mary. Mary, while she was like oak, I was like pine. I certainly couldn't share my doubts with the people in the village of Nazareth. They had their own explanation for Jesus they called my boy the son of fornication. You have a word for it. That's what they called him. But 800 years before I came along, the prophet Isaiah said, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's all I had. Isaiah had said it. A virgin would conceive, and I held on to it. Some of you here have faith like Mary's. You're God's special people, and some of you have faith like mine, and well, I put my thumbprint on him. His nickname was the carpenter. He could do anything. He could make a cupboard. In fact, he made a a yoke for oxen that was light. They said he had the lightest yoke of oxen. I put my thumbprint on him. I taught him everything he knew. But he put his thumbprint on me too. My son became my savior. That's my story. I just wanted you to know that when God chose somebody to look after his boy, he chose me, Joseph, son of David, who sometimes, sometimes believed his doubts and doubted his beliefs, but in the end fell on the side of faith.
Let us pray. God, there's no story like this story. Not in all the world. No gift greater than this gift. This story could never be concocted by men. It's so beyond our imagination. Maybe there's someone here today or, or someone home watching by television. This would be his day or her day. To say yes to the Bethlehem baby. Maybe there are others who would say yes to church family today. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.